Hello, pharmacist and student pharmacist nation. My name is Mary Bradley, chair of your APHA ASP National Policy Standing Committee. Welcome to the second episode of Off Script, an informative interview-based podcast series that encourages listeners to think outside of the prescription pad. The episode topics for Off Script are policy issues that members of the Academy said were important to them based on the resolutions that were passed in the 2017 APHA ASB House of Delegates. The Policy Standing Committee was charged by the Resolutions Committee to provide additional education on two topics prescription drug monitoring programs, and pharmacy benefit managers, due to the clear interest in these two topics displayed in the drafted resolutions during the policy development process last year. During this podcast, we will hear about prescription drug monitoring programs from two hosts, Dr. Scott Pace, Executive Vice President and CEO of the Arkansas Pharmacists Association, and Sierra Woods, the APHA ASP Policy Vice President of the University of Missouri-Kansas City Columbia campus. Let's get started. As an introduction, Dr. Scott Pace is the current Executive Vice President and CEO of the Arkansas Pharmacists Association. Dr. Pace received his Doctor of Pharmacy from the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences, followed by his Juris Doctorate from the University of Arkansas at Little Rock, William H. Bowen School of Law. Dr. Pace has served as the Associate Director of Professional Affairs for NCBA, Director of Evidence-Based Prescription Drug Program at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences, and Chief Operating Officer of the Arkansas Pharmacists Association. Currently, Dr. Pace serves as the Executive Vice President and CEO of the Arkansas Pharmacists Association and is a co-owner of his own independent pharmacy, Kavanaugh Pharmacy. Dr. Pace's professional experience in health policy and store ownership is sure to provide a unique perspective on prescription drug monitoring programs. Let's transition to the interview to hear what he has to say. Today we are here with Scott Pace. He is going to give a small introduction to prescription drug monitoring programs. Um, And we will go ahead and get started off with our first question being, um, what are prescription drug monitoring programs, Scott? Well, thanks for having me on your podcast, Mary. It's a pleasure to get to talk to student pharmacists around the state and the country. Well, prescription monitoring programs have been around for a number of years now, and they are a state-based system of keeping track of who prescribes and who receives control substances in all the states around the country. Excellent. So who exactly puts data into the PDMPs and who monitors that data? Yeah, so the, who monitors the data differs from state to state. Uh, in Arkansas, the Department of Health is the uh, state entity that's responsible for maintaining the database and making sure that the data is reported correctly and that other providers have access to query the data. Uh, in Arkansas and other states, the pharmacist is the healthcare professional who inputs the data into the prescription monitoring program, and that can vary from state to state as well. Uh, Some states have near real-time reporting of the data. Uh, Some states, uh, like Arkansas, currently do it weekly. Uh, And depending on how frequently a pharmacist is required to update the the prescription data depends on how um, new the data is for you to query to see where a patient got a prescription filled and uh, who the prescriber was. All right. So is there variability among each state with which providers have access to this information? 
Yeah, and it's a great question. Um, initially in Arkansas, it was only prescribers uh, and dispensers that had access to the prescription monitoring program. Um, and today we also have uh, law enforcement and regulatory boards with limited access to the prescription monitoring program. And the state of Arkansas also passed what, what they call delegate authority um, last legislative session to allow um, uh, pharmacy technicians, pharmacy interns, um, people who work in prescribers offices to be able to access it to assist in the workflow of those uh, respective practices to make it more useful, uh, but also to make it less burdensome on the so what does PDMP usage look like on a national level? Well, today, um, 49 out of 50 states have statewide prescription monitoring programs. Um, Missouri is the only state in the country uh, that doesn't have a statewide uh, PDMP. That's significant for us in Arkansas because they're obviously our uh, border state to the north. Um, but, but all the other states have uh, an acting, active and functional uh, PDMP. Uh, and all the states also are now wrestling with interstate data sharing to uh, obtain access to other states' uh, PDMP data. So uh, when you're querying uh, an Arkansas database, for example, it's not just important to know if they got a prescription filled in Arkansas. Uh, you know, we have Missouri and Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, um, all bordering us. And so it's important to know if they could have gotten a prescription filled in a border town. Uh, and so uh, today, Arkansas has about 25 states that we're able to query data, but that's dependent upon um, the state laws in those other states and if they even allow the interstate sharing of data to occur. Well, makes sense. It would be very helpful if we were able to share that information. So Scott, how do you use PDMPs in practice at your pharmacy? Yeah, we use it in two different ways, Mary. The first is the requirement that we submit the data uh, into the PDMP uh, once a week right now. So we, we are diligent in making sure that we submit our data as we're required to do by state law. And Arkansas state law, by the way, is, is changing here in the upcoming months from weekly reporting into the PMP to daily reporting into the PMP. Uh, we also use the uh, prescription monitoring program to, to query the data, especially when we have a new patient who comes into our store or if a new we have a new uh, prescription for a controlled substance that someone hasn't been on before. It's an opportunity for us to take a step back and look objectively inside the PDMP to see if there are any uh, issues that alarm us, either concomitant use of other controlled substances that could um, cause an adverse event to the patient, or even sometimes you find uh, doctor and pharmacy shopping, and it's a useful tool to, uh, to find that. Definitely. I can see how it would be very helpful in practice. Um, Speaking of it being helpful in practice, uh, what future do you see for PDMPs in our practice as future pharmacists? Well, what I hope we see is uh, a simplification of how the PDMP uh, works and integrates into workflow. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing in a busy pharmacy to uh, be focused on accurately uh, inputting a prescription, filling a prescription, checking the prescription, and counseling on a prescription. And so to step out of your normal workflow to check a prescription monitoring program, it doesn't flow. And so what we're encouraging pharmacy management systems to do is to integrate the prescription monitoring programs inside your pharmacy management system. And in fact, one um, pharmacy chain in the state of Arkansas, Kroger, um, has integrated the PDMP 
into their management system. So anytime you query a patient, it automatic in your like for instance, if you're filling up an amoxicillin prescription for a patient, um, Jane Doe's prescription monitoring program history comes up. So you don't have to leave your management system and go into a web browser uh, to to check the PDMP. It does it automatically in front of you. And we're hoping that more integration like that will happen not just for pharmacists in, in our pharmacy management systems, but also for prescribers in their electronic health record systems. Yeah, I mean, that would be really helpful. I didn't know that was even on the, yeah. the horizon. So. Yeah, and today um, over 40 states have PDMPs that are owned by the same company called APRIS. Um, and while many of you probably don't know APRIS, you may know one of their other products called MethCheck, which is a tool uh, at the point of sale for tracking pseudoephedrine purchases. And they have found a way to pretty seamlessly incorporate MethCheck into pharmacy management systems. And it's our hope with them having so many uh, systems, or excuse me, so many states online with uh, the PDMP, that they'll be able to replicate that inside the pharmacy man management systems for, uh, for the PDMP. Oh, okay. Well, that's really great to know. Yeah, absolutely. So, for our last question, what advice do you have um, for student pharmacists in regards to our future practice? What's one tidbit that we could take away from today that you think would be really beneficial for us to hold on to throughout our career? The one thing I could tell all of you to do is to pick a national organization that best serves your practice setting and don't just be a member, but be a member and be actively involved and do the same thing at your state level. The future of the profession of pharmacy is going to be dictated by those people who are at the table, not by those who aren't. And so I would encourage each of you uh, to invest a little bit of money and a little bit of time in your state and national organizations and be the leaders of the, the next generation of pharmacists. It's up to you. Well, thank you, Scott. We definitely appreciate your time and all of your words of wisdom. Thank you, Mary. Next on this episode, we have Sierra Woods, an active student pharmacist advocate out of Missouri, who's going to share a little bit with us on the Missouri Prescription Drug Monitoring Program. Hi, Sierra. Thank you so much for joining us today and giving us a little bit of information on the Missouri Prescription Drug Monitoring Program. Hi, Mary. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's go ahead and jump right on in. Would you be willing to give a brief overview of the prescription drug monitoring program in Missouri? So first off, it has been a uphill battle getting um, any legislation passed in recent years for the PDMP. Um, Missouri is currently the only state without a statewide PDMP. However, recently we've been starting to make some progress. Um, in 2016, the St. Louis County passed their own PDMP, which started the chain of reaction. And we currently have 43 different cities or counties who have passed PDMP legislation that will, um, all of which will be effective at the end of the year. Um, some of them have already been already, but we have a few that will be um, implemented in the upcoming months. And while some of these cities and counties do overlap, like the city of Columbia passed it as well as Boone County, which they're located in, um, however, this just goes to show that there were 43 different votes around the state that ultimately favored having a PDMP. Um, and it currently over, covers over half the population of the state, which is a great start considering we don't have that statewide program. Um, I am lucky enough to work in a place that has passed the legislation rel relatively early in adoption. And I was really excited to see also the counties that I grew up in um, passing it as well. 
Um, so we just see more and more of these counties um, popping up saying that, you know, we really do need this program in the state. And while the legislation to make a statewide program has been on the table for several years, it seems like last year it got the most attention. But during the session, it was just constantly changing. Um, and by the end of the session, we ended up with two conflicting bills in the House and the Senate. I mean, the biggest difference between the bills was one of the bills did not allow pharmacists and providers to look at the PDMP, but had to be contacted by the state health department. So you had that through way that um, was really kind of an inconvenience when you were thinking about using it in practice. Um, also, the data for that database that they were wanting to create was not going to stay very long, which would make it difficult to track trends, especially early in the instance for people that maybe don't go to your pharmacy very much or were going to different physicians in different areas. So it would have kind of made things a bit tricky. Um, in the end, this was the bill that was on the table for the final vote, but it actually didn't make it to a vote by the end of the session. Um, so on July 17, uh, 2017, the governor of Missouri signed an executive order that would implement a PDMP. However, this order doesn't provide much as far as really changing anything currently. It more brought to light his views and how much he thought that this needed to be passed. It does allow the counties to continue to operate as they currently are and really encourages more to add on to that. So the great thing about our county program is that they do connect. So each county um, in those 43 counties that I mentioned earlier or cities are connected to one another. So the bordering counties can still see what's going on in the other counties and if they've gotten anything elsewhere. Since counties are such a small area, it's really great to have those connecting so people can't just go 10 miles away to a pharmacy and um, try to get something filled there, but it wouldn't be tracked. So. Ultimately, a lot of this is happening in the city areas, but more and more of those rural areas are adding on as well. Very nice. So what was some of the logic behind not having providers be able to have access to the database and having to go through your um, Department of Health? What, you know, the person who proposed that legislation, what was their logic behind having providers go through that avenue? So... A lot of the reason people are hesitant with this is privacy. Um, the idea was that it gave too much power to a provider or a pharmacist to just look up that information if they wanted to and not really restricting who had access because, of course, if you're doing providers, I mean, we're talking nurse practitioners, physicians, physician assistants. And then, of course, any pharmacist and the person who proposed that felt that that was too much power and too much ability to look into somebody's background and their health information. So they decided that the health department should be the one who was more of the liaison of that information. Very interesting. OK, I wonder, you know, how their opinion was molded based off of what other states are doing. But that's very interesting that that was their thought process. Yeah, and I'm unsure of um, where that thought process came from. The One of the people who did was a proponent of this was a physician. So um, it is kind of interesting to see that decision was made, when that decision was made. Definitely. So based on the discussion that you heard during the most recent legislative session, what do you see as the future for the Missouri PDMP? Um, for now, I just can see us continuing to add more and more of those counties to the original St. Louis County program. I mean, I have seen 
more and more just keep popping up, getting news alerts saying, hey, we have another person who's signed on. Um, so I think a lot of counties will continue to look at that if they haven't already. I mean, once our legislative legislative session begins again, I really believe that PDMP will be another one of those hot topics this year. I mean, it was a hot topic all season last year. It was getting press. I mean, we were getting updates every week because, like I said, it was just so rapidly changing, and then we ended up with those conflicting bills. So with the additional pressure added from the governor to implement a program, I really see it just being up front right from the get-go at the beginning of the session. Um, and we really hope with that additional press that it has gotten that a lot of our legislators who are maybe on the fence about the legislation will start showing their support for it. I think that kind of played a big role at the end that there was just a lot of people who were really unsure. And I think part of it was because of those two bills. I mean, there was two totally different bills, different ideas going through at the end. And I think it was kind of confusing on what way that we should end up going. And I really think that we might end up with those conflicting bills again, but we really hope that we can come to some sort of compromise. I think um, one of it will be that time frame will have to be compromised. Some people wanted it really short. Some people wanted it forever. And I think that there'll probably be some middle ground that'll have to be found there. In addition on who can see it, you know, one of the things that had been discussed and I don't think it had been discussed extensively, but has been discussed in the past is making sure that there's some sort of training program that providers and pharmacists who are involved would have to go through in order to be able to access that information and having some sort of monitoring to make sure people aren't using it inappropriately. Again, safety was a big concern of those legislators, and they actually were really concerned about which system they used as far as has this person ever had any information leaks before? Has this company that provides this had any red flags pop up in their past that maybe it's not the safest? So a lot of that compromise will really be making sure that it is safe. It's going to be less likely to have some sort of data breach and really that time frame, which again goes back to, you know, how much personal information is available at what time for somebody's health records. Really, our dream legislation would be allowing it to be stored for a longer period of time, long enough that you can see some trends and would allow the providers and pharmacists to view the PDMP. Um, I know many people were looking at almost a real-time system, but that's so expensive. We're really unsure of how that's going to go because real-time systems just cost so, so much more than systems that maybe take a day or two for it to populate. Um, and I do know that our representative, Holly um, Rudder, and a Senator David Schatz worked incredibly hard to make this legislation happen in the first place last year. And so I think they'll continue to do so in this next session. I know both of them have continued to really advocate for PDMPs and have been really talking to those counties who have been passing it. So it's nice to see those two, even um, off of this legislative session, continue to work towards making it happen this next year. And I just really believe um, ultimately that it will come up again and some sort of compromise is going to really be required for this to pass. Definitely. You know, Sarah, I really appreciate um, how much work you've put in as a student pharmacist and advocating for this legislation and your level of involvement and knowledge on your prescription drug monitoring program in Missouri. And because of that, you know, what advice do you have for other student pharmacists 
based on your experience for in advocacy and what do you have to say to encourage them to to do some good work on their part as well? So my best piece of advice is that advocating is all about our patients. Legislators don't want to know what this legislation will do for you as a pharmacist. I mean, yes, that's great. They do care. They do want to know that. But ultimately, they want to know how this will impact our patients. These are the people they are representing. These are the people that voted for them. And those are the people that they really want to see benefit from any legislation that they are going to support. So um, my best advice for that is to always focus on the patient and the benefit that the legislation will provide them. Um, it was pretty easy for Missouri PDMP whenever you talk to a legislator or write a letter to them to tell them how important it is. For me, it was at least seeing different patients that I had over the years. We weren't sure or the doctor um, shopping that goes on and it was very hard to track being in a rural area. Everybody was so spread out. So for me, it was pretty easy to talk about that. And if you don't have you know, maybe that experience. If you have a personal story from a family member or patient or maybe a patient of somebody else that you knew that was really impacted by um, something that this legislation can prevent, I think those are all really good things to bring up to a legislator. I mean, ultimately, they're people too. They um, really do want to see people do well in the future. And if you can find a legislative piece that is going to help them and make a better future for those people, um, a lot of people will be willing to listen to those stories that you bring to them. Um, my other advice would always to be come prepared. As Mary mentioned earlier, I do know a lot about this system, but a lot of it comes from the fact that I really did want to advocate for it. And I wanted to talk to legislators and I wanted to be able to tell um, my fellow students as a policy vice president, you know, I felt that it was my job to tell them what was going on and keeping them updated. So a lot of it was, you know, making calls to the Missouri Pharmacy Association and talking with them to see what was going on or getting online and finding, you know, the updates that were going on. So if you really are wanting to advocate for a bill and you're very passionate about it, it does take some back work. I promise you, even though this bill failed, I know that it was so rewarding because the other thing is to be persistent. A lot of bills will take several years to pass to gain that support that it needs to really move forward. Um, and you can work so, so hard. Um, I know I did this last year and the bill fails. And you have to think of it as you've laid a lot of groundwork for that year. And so really using that groundwork that you've laid to expand the next year is great because you've already talked to some of these people. Some of them may um, now support it, or if they don't, they will recognize you when you come in and speak to them again or send them another letter or phone call or whatever you do. These people will recognize you and they'll be like, this person is very passionate. You know, it wasn't just a one-time instance where I saw them. They're continuing to advocate for this. They're continuing to show me that this is important to their patients. Um, and I think that will go a long way for those bills that take a while to come up um, again, that come up again and again and take a while to pass. Well, Sierra, I just want to say thank you so much for your time and willingness to talk about your experience and give some advice. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. On this episode of Offscript, we have heard two very different perspectives on prescription drug monitoring programs. Dr. Scott Pace gave an excellent overview of what prescription drug monitoring programs are and how he uses it in practice. And Sierra got us up to speed on what's happening in Missouri. Thank you both for your time and wonderful words of advice. And thank you listeners for tuning in.
The Policy Standing Committee hopes you enjoyed this podcast and that you take a few moments each day to think outside of the prescription pad.